0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. So, church, remember what we talked about last week, okay? We only covered three verses, and this really, the three verses led us to this amazing time of reflection and prayer, as a matter of fact, we gathered around together, and we prayed, and one of the things we're praying for, and you can agree or disagree, but I think we need to pray for marriages. That's one of the things the enemy wants to attack, marriages, 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 okay? We also prayed for the sick. We, we know that there are people that we love that are sick, and it seems like this virus is just more contagious than ever before. And and uh and we don't want to be sick it it's it, it's no good to be sick it's no good to feel that way, so we gathered together and we prayed, and I know it feels uncomfortable for some of you for some of you it's like oh I don't know other people it's like man you're right in your element but but we got to be able to 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 know and 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 call out and and pray for each other but i know I know the the strong point of of prayer is. Is, it was, was marriages, and, and we see that moving forward. Then we took communion, if you remember, as the night ended, and we spent some time in communion, and so we didn't get a chance to finish the rest of the psalm. But what I need to do is I need to remind you what we talked about last week so you get a good feel where we are today. David, in this text, gives us hope. Gives us hope. And you go, what do you mean? Well, it's hope for those really who are fully devoted followers of God. Now, why do I say that? I say that because I think we're in a place where we can't just Call ourselves Christian and buy the Christian T-shirts and put a bumper sticker on our car and, and 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 play worship music and and hope that that's enough. We have to come to the place, every one of us, myself included, where we are fully devoted followers of Jesus, and we're going to see that a little bit as we go through. But but what David says is he goes, okay, here's the song of trust. And David declares, guess what he declares? Guess what he decrees? That he has trust in the Lord. Trust for what? Well, trust for the provision of life. And so what David wants to convey to us is that if we trust him in life, then we should also trust him in death. And that's very key for us because we all know and have known people who have left this earth in 2021. And we want to trust him in death. We want to trust him. Guys, you and I, as believers of God, should leave this earth with a blaze of glory for the Lord. That's how we should leave this earth. The one thing we don't want to do in life or in death is misrepresent God. I don't want anybody to think, hmm, was he a Christian or not? I don't know, he's a pretty good fella but I don't know if he was a believer. No, 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 no. I want them to know the joy of the Lord that I had. I want them to know the, the peace that I had within my heart. I want them to know that, man, that that I loved him and I wanted him to see Christ and and I wanted to see their marriage healed and I wanted to see the drug addiction broken and I want to, and that's how I want to go home. I want to leave this earth with no regrets. But I don't know about you. Maybe you fight that all the time. You fight with that too. You go, Ben, I want that too, but then I go home and reality hits and it's like, oh, and I gotta go to work tomorrow, and you don't know my people, and I boss and I gotta do school and but you can live your life. And 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 that's what David says. He says, Listen, this is a song of trust. This is a song of trust. So let's do this. Let's read the entire psalm, guys. It's only eleven verses. And then we'll come back and we'll just, we'll just jump into it, okay? It says, Psalm 16, picking it up, it says, "A victim of David, verse 1. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O oh, my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Oh, he says, my goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on the earth, they are excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Their sorrow shall be multiplied, who hasten after another god. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines of the fallen to me are are pleasant places, yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is my right hand and I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh will also rest in hope for you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Last week, we discovered that David cries out to the Lord in a time of trouble. In a time of trouble. If you were to get up tomorrow morning and turn on the TV and see your local news and see your your national news and even see your world news you would realize that we too are in a time of trouble things are not settled on the earth like before whether it be politicians or health or anything else or even just our local news where yesterday there were very there were several places where shots were fired and even one person was deceased wait a minute this is love texas are you serious yes i'm very serious you see 18 years ago when we moved here um we didn't hear much of that it wasn't as plain there wasn't as much lawless as you see going on now david cries out in a time of trouble And he cries out and he uses the word preserve. If you look at your Bibles, that word means to protect, to comfort, and to guide. That's what I love about David. David is saying, I need your protection, God. I need you. I need you. And 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 he says something here, in you I will put my trust. Why is that important? Because I wonder how many of us get up in the morning and we actually ask God to protect us through for our day. God, I'm about to go out, I'm about to go to school, I'm about to go to work, I'm about to go here, I'm about to go there. Please protect me, guide me, keep me from evil. I wonder how many of us protect or... Do we just get up and we go out about our day and we know God is going to be there, which I understand. But but David says, no, 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 here's why. He says, because in you I put my trust. God protect me. I trust you. I trust you. And I started looking at David and I said, where's your confidence from? Where's your confidence? Well, his confidence lies in the Lord. In the Lord. How many of us wake up in the morning and say, oh, thank God for another day. I'm on this earth. I'm alive. All right. See, it's all about attitude. Because some of us get up in the morning and we say, Good morning, Lord. And most of us get up in the morning and say, Good Lord, it's morning. Where's the coffee? Our trust, our confidence, who we are, it needs to be in the lord it needs to be in the lord we talked about that we talked about last week where do we put our trust and 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 you've got to ask yourself the question so so here's the question i want you to ask uh, if this is true god's word is true can i get an amen? amen how what should i do how do i apply this so you've got to stop and you've got to ask yourself where do i put my trust where do i put my trust where is my trust Where does it lying is it in you lord Okay, and you go, and and you might have a resounding, yes, it's in the Lord. Or, guys, you might put your trust in yourself. I can handle it. I'll pull myself up, but my own bootstraps. I'll do what I need to do. That's where your trust, that's your confidence. Or maybe you have confidence in your family. Or we have confidence in friends. You know the word courage comes from from somebody coming alongside you and saying, You can do this. You have courage. But David said, You know where my courage and confidence come from? It's the Lord. It's the Lord. You see, he he when I get up in the morning, God's there. Hi Ben, how you doing? You ready for the day? Oh you you can do this. You can do this. okay, okay, Lord. where's my confidence do i Do I fully trust you? So everything in your mind is going through, okay, work and bills and da, 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 all this stuff, relationships going through. So the question is, do we really trust God for everything? do we do we trust him? You go, okay. I want you to think about trust for just a moment because we dwelt on this last week. I think a lot of us go, yeah, I trust him. I, I trust him that if I die, I'm going to go to heaven. I trust him. That's salvation. You trust him? I trust him. I trust him. I, I, think I, I trust him. But do we trust him for everyday life and everyday provision? Everything. If you don't trust him, if, if, you, if you sort of trust him, but you don't trust, you guys know what I'm talking about? The guy who really trusts him bugs you because he's like, oh, everything's going to work out. You're like, no, you don't understand. We got to do something. Trust the Lord. It's all good. And that guy really bugs you until you realize that you're not trusting the Lord. You're not trusting the Lord. Pastor Self. I got a problem. I got to do, this is happening. This is happening. Well, just trust the Lord. What do you mean trust the Lord? I've, don't, don't, you, don't Has not the Lord worked it out? Has not the Lord worked out? Look at your life. Think about the thing that you stressed out the most. Has not God worked it out? You go, yeah. Only until you run into the next problem. Yeah, I don't trust God. But David says stressed out. Now, now, listen, listen, this is important because the Hebrew words are chasa um, and batach and batach. and it means to flee for protection, to have hope, to take refuge with confidence. That's what those words mean. And you go, okay, so, so what is it saying? Well, when it comes to putting our trust in God the Father, as we walk and live every single day, we get up tomorrow, we go to work, It may be a job you don't like. It may be a job you like. But nonetheless, this is the job that God gave you. Why? Because he has a mission for you. Okay, what do I I need to do? You ready? It says, are you fleeing to him for protection? Reminds me of putting on the whole armor of God, right? Protection. God, be my protection. I want the helmet of salvation. I want the breastplate of righteousness. I want the belt of truth. Ah, okay, I got it. I got it. But is he your hope? Is he your hope? Do we find refuge in him, and are you truly confident in him? Truly. Western churches, Christians, have a very hard time hearing the voice of God. We've been bombarded with everything else, and we have a hard time hearing what God wants to say. We have to learn, train our hearts and our ears and our minds to hear the Word of God. You've heard me say, to read your Bible. But to hear God's voice, you need to let the Bible read you. And when you hear the Bible, when you know the Bible, when it begins to read you, well, then you have to do something. If God's word is true, then we need to do something. You go, oh. Oh. This is why, guys, this is why when the Lord tells us to do something, we go, well, let me ask so-and-so, and let me ask so-and-so, and, let me, and that, there's nothing wrong with getting counsel, but our goal as a body should be able to hear the voice of God for our lives. That's where trust comes in. And let me just say this too. Okay, I'm going to use Soph as an example, okay, because he's sitting right here. I'm in my office, and I pull Soph aside, and I said, Soph, the Lord told me that you need to do blah, 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 blah. Soph will go, okay, thank you. But God hasn't told me that. Nope, nope, Soph, I'm telling you, I heard it clear as day. God's not going to tell me about Soph until he first tells Soph about it. You guys tracking with me? So it's important that as Soph hears the voice, then I can come and go, you know what, Soph? I'm not sure if this is God or not, but here's what I'm kind of feeling. Whoa, that's exactly what, okay, Ben, I got it. The Lord's speaking. He spoke to me and he confirmed it in you, not the other way around. So people don't come up and go, well, I want, the Lord said you need to. No, 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 he will speak to me. Just like sister said, I got a word. The Lord had already gave me a word. He said, we need to prepare. We need to prepare our kids. We need to prepare our church. We need to prepare our hearts. We need to have a solid foundation because we don't know what 2022 will happen. You go, Ben, it's December 31st, 2022, and everything you said didn't come true. Then be prepared for 2023 and beyond. That's all he's asking us to do. That's all he's asking us to do. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I know what you're saying. We need to go and we need to stockpile food and we need to, we need to get ready and we need to get ammunition. We need to get guns. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying prepare your heart so that you're not distracted or dissuaded from serving God in these last days. Prepare your heart to have a solid foundation so that you won't be moved. You'll be set. That's what he's saying. Don't be swayed. The winds are coming. (sighs) Be be steadfast. Okay, God. Though many may leave you. Well, we're done. We're going to turn from serving God. You still stay. I'm still staying forth. I'm staying course. I'm staying course. Be prepared to run in your lane. We are so good at running a race, but looking at what everybody else is doing. Hey, you're not running. Hey, those aren't good shoes. Run in your lane. If you do what you're called to do, and I do what I'm called to do, then we're going to be running this race together. But isn't it sad that believers will always want to look and judge on somebody else's lane? I don't think you're doing what you need to be doing. Blah, 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 blah. Run your lane. Could we do that, church? Can I say? Can you get an amen? Run our lane. Run our lane. Okay so we need to trust in him now before we jump into our text we also learned two other things last week you go what's that the one of the reasons i believe david really and fully trusted in god is because he writes in verse one remember preserve me oh god do you remember what that was it was big g big g god elohim that's what it was Elohim, powerful, amazing, creator. Let me ask you a question. Do you know how big your God is? Do you know how big he is? Oftentimes, this is me, not you. This is me, not you. This is me. I make the problem bigger than God. God, you don't understand. This is my, my problem Your Lord. This is my problem. And, God, and God's so much bigger, but I forget he's Elohim. Then he goes on to write and he says, now, now, now in verse two, he says, you have said to the Lord, if you have a New King James Version Bible, you'll notice that it's all capital. And it's, and it, and it's, and it's this. It's not the word Elohim. It's the word Yahweh. Yahweh. So not only is he crying out to Elohim, he's crying out to Yahweh. And we talked all about that last week. Oh, but it gets, you know, it's like that gets like that commercial late night. Oh, but there's more, right? If you order now, there's more. Why? Because in verse 2 he says this. He says David says you are my Lord, but it's not all capitals because the the word he uses is Adonai. Adonai. So he says, "Preserve me, oh my powerful, amazing, wonderful creator God." But he's also Yahweh. And he's also Adonai. He's also Adonai. I would say that if I was, if I was having coffee with David and I said, David, how do you know the Lord? Oh, I know the Lord. I, I, Gnosko. Gnosko is the Greek word for knowing God experientially. I know him. I know him. I know him. Can I say this to you, church? Can I say this to you? The one thing the enemy wants to do, the one thing the enemy wants to do in 2022 is to get you away from the knowledge of God experientially. He wants to get you away, he wants to keep you away, and so we have to go, no, 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 I need to know him. How are we going to know him? How do you know somebody? you got to spend time with them. you got to spend time with them. That's how you get to know somebody. What does that look like? Prayer? Do you talk to God? Oh well, yes, Pastor Ben, I talk to God. Oh, thou hast God in it. No, 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 just talk to God. Hey, God, hey, Lord, it's me. I'm struggling today. I don't feel good today, whatever it might be, but... But you're crying out to the Lord, or and, and and then there's time when you when when you when you read His Word, do you realize that this is how God speaks to you? Man, I, I would love that God would write my my direction out in the sky, Lord. I'm going to wake up tomorrow, just write it. But God says, no, no, no. I'm I'm going to speak to you through Your Word, through Your Word. You guys know this. You guys know this. Oh, I wish the Lord would speak to me in a dream. He's going to speak to you through his, are you reading his word? And I don't, and I, and guys, I love you so much and I don't mean to, but, but are we reading his word? Are we digging into it? Are we pulling it out? Are we meditating? You know what the word meditate is? Do you know what the word? In the book of Joshua, the Lord tells Joshua to meditate on his word. Meditate on his word. Okay, it gives a strong picture. Do you realize that a cow has three stomachs? Okay, a cow has three stomachs. And when a cow chooses the cud, he'll go in there and he'll start chewing the gut. And he's like, mm. and he'll chew it down. And then what does he do? He swallows it, right? Mm-hmm. And then it goes in the first stomach. And then what happens a few minutes later, he goes, Bruh. he brings it back up and he chews it again. And then he swallows it and it goes in the second stomach. And a few minutes later what does he do? Brings it back up and chews it again. That's the word meditating. It's meditating. It's you know so you you have a passage of scripture, you guess you swallow it. And then later on you go hey, I'm going to think about that again. And you start to meditate on the word and you let it do its thing. Oh, the light's green, got to go. So you swallow it and then you go down and then you get home and you go, hey honey, you know what I was saying? You bring it. Okay, so don't, brrr, you know what I mean? But, but that's what the term, that's how you know God. That's how you know God. The unknowable is knowable. You know, you, you want to know another way? spend time with his saints. That's how you know God. That's how you know God. Ben, have you ever seen Jesus? I see him every day in you. In you, I see him. How is it that a bunch of misfits have the same spirit of love and grace and compassion and mercy that every that, how is it that we have the same spirit how is it that you're talking to somebody and they have the same heart how do you have the same heart how do you have the same heart i watched pastor Soph do something a while back it just showed me the love of god it showed me the love of god how do we have the same spirit he show he show there there it is it's jesus it's jesus it's jesus i see jesus in in all y'all that's how i know god is alive cuz if this thing wasn't real what are we doing here if he's not real if we're just worm food when we die and that's it well then, we're, we're 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 let's let's go home. There's there's good TV on tonight. But he is real. He is real. The second thing we found, and this is going to tie into this, right? Because knowing God's spending time with with Christians, notice what David says. As for the saints who are on the earth, they are excellent ones in whom I'm delight. You know what Jesus? You know what David just said? He said, he said this. He said talking about you. He's talking about Christians. Here's what he says. He says, for the saints who are on the earth, who's that? It's you. Notice what he says. They are excellent ones. You guys are excellent. You're excellent. In whom is my delight? I love that about David. Is the Bible true? Then what do we do with this? Well, you go, well, Ben, some of the Christians I know they um, man, they but they, but the Lord calls you excellent ones, despite our shortcomings, despite our mess ups, despite all of that, the Lord says, "Hey, could you guys get along, Could you get along?" when we have an attitude of humility that god gives us and we know where we've come from come on somebody then then we can get along with anyone and let me say this okay this is going to shock some of you you ready you weren't born saved you weren't born saved spoiler alert <laughs> What does that mean? That means we've all messed up. We all have made bad choices. We've all done things. And the reason why is so we can learn and that we can be gracious to somebody else. And we can come along a brother who's struggling and say, come on, man, I know what it's like to be there. I know what it's like. So we can come alongside a brother or sister and just just walk with them. But if I don't get going, we're never going to get done. Sorry. So picking it up in verse 4, speaking of those who don't believe, notice what he says in verse 4. He says, Their sorrows shall be multiplied who have hastened after other gods. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names from or on my lips. Now, one of the things that we need to realize is that what David is saying, David says, listen, here, here's it but, but in verse 4, he's actually pointing out what we would call idolaters or unbelievers. Here's been the biggest question in Christianity. Why does this person who doesn't believe in God, who's an idolater, who's a mess-up, who does all this, why are they prospering? Why do they look like they're, have, they've got it all together? They have more money. They're driving a nicer car. I'm serving God. I'm going, I'm I'm at church on Wednesday night. They're worth, David says, no, 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 no. Listen, notice what he says. He says, their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after other gods. Here's what he's saying. Don't be envious of them. Life is harder for those who don't believe in God. Life is harder for those who don't believe in God. And when we sit and get envious, oh how come they're you know, now now listen, listen, let me let me just share this story real quick, okay? Let me share this story, okay? nathan and I went out to uh we went on a date Friday night and we went to and I won't mention the name. Uh, but we went out to this place to get a hamburger and some fries and, and it's also a bar. It's also a bar, but it's a, it's a great place to have a hamburger. So we went out and wanted to have a hamburger, so, uh, but it's also a bar, okay? And, uh, they were setting up to have music and on all that, and the guy says, hey, uh, I said, listen, I'm not, I'm not, we're not here to listen to the meat. We just want a hamburger. We just want to get a hamburger. We're on a date night. And, um, and he's like, okay. So they put us in a booth and, and, and I had access and I was seeing, I was seeing those, People coming in and they're dressed real nice, you know, and they're, they're coming in and they're, they want to have a good time at the bar and many of them are already at the bar drinking and, and having a good time and, and I was just, I was just in, in observation of that and I was just thinking. I was thinking how many of them, um, got home from work and said, all right, it's, it's, it's time to party. And so they got all dressed up, and let's go, and we're going to hear some live music, and we're going to have some drinks, and maybe we'll get a little bit, whatever it might be. And I started to think, well, David just said that, uh, well, you know, wait a minute, Ben. How do you know if they're not believers? I'm, I'm just saying this was an observation, and I, and I started to think based on the text. I said, people who don't believe in God, their life is a lot harder. And because their life is a lot harder, they tend to... I just wondered. You and I have found the best thing in the world. A relationship with the God who created us, and I see in my city broken and hurting people. And I'm not saying, I I don't know who's saved and who's not saved, but I wonder why that was such a big deal for a Friday night. I just... David says, their sorrows, their sorrows, guys, the unbelievers, idolaters. He says, as a matter of fact, nor take their names on my lips. He says, I'm not even going to make mention of them. Think about this, um, Romans chapter 1, verse 32. Romans chapter 1, verse 32 says, They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Way worse, they encourage others to do them. So they know. And I think about what David just wrote. David said, to those who rush to other gods, idolaters. Think about what it could be. Think about the little G gods that we used to run after before we found the one and true and living God. Was your life better or was it worse? You go, oh, man. David says in verse 5 as it goes on, O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Now, this is key. Why is this key? Because here's... Here's what you need to grasp in this verse. No matter what the future holds, David reminds us to be content with God. How many of you are content with God? You go, I am. Okay, if you lost your job tomorrow, would you still be content? If you lost everything tomorrow, Would you still be content with God? What do you mean? You wake up in the morning and there's a glitch at the bank, all your money's gone. Well, it's okay, Pastor. I don't have that much anyway. And they repossessed your house and they took all of your stuff. Would you still be content with God? Well, I'd be living with you. Yeah, I know. But would you still be content with God? You see my point? See, we're happy with God as long as we have everything we have. But would you be happy with God if that's all you had was God? Pastor, I don't like this Bible study. Here's why. Because we live in a world where you could die. Mary, you could get sick, and you could die. She goes, I know. She gave me that look like, duh. But that's the thing. If you're trusting him in life, David says you should be content with him no matter what, even in death. Even in death. What he's exhorting us, guys, is that we should trust the Lord for life and in death if if he is God, then we have to learn. We have to learn to be content. We have to be right now. Are we content? And we must learn to trust. Why do you use the word learn? Because we got it's a trust. It's, you've got to learn. You've got to learn. And we must learn obedience. We must learn obedience. Ben, why do you say learn? You 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 say that. Here's why: because the Christian life is about learning and applying God's word. And let me just say this to you: it's about change. It's about change. the 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 point of coming to Bible study, the point of your um, devotions, the point of prayer, the point of of walking with Jesus, guys, is to change and be more like Him. That. That's how it should be. We've got to ask ourselves a hard question right here, don't we? Am I, have I changed? Have I changed? Am I different? From year to year, am I growing? Am I walking? Okay, okay. Because that's what I want. I want to be more like Jesus. The challenges are still going to be there. The tests are still going to be there, but I want to grow more like Jesus. I want to grow. I I, I want to learn more of what God's Word says. I want to. I've got to have change. Listen, I don't want to be at Calvary Chapel in 2025 or 2028 or 2030 if the Lord tarries and still be the same. I want to grow. I want to grow. Well, it goes on in verse 7. It says, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs, instructs me in the night seasons. Guys, if you have a pencil handy, circle that word for counsel because it means instructed by God in his word. God in his word. He says, I'm going to bless the Lord because I'm instructed. How am I instructed? In the word of God. I'm instructed in the Word of God. This is a manual for me to learn and to grow. He says, I'm going to bless the Lord because He's going to show me what I need to do. He's going to show me how I should grow. He's going to show me. And when I'm instructed by the Word of God, when 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 I do, He says, He says, guess what? My heart is going to follow. And it's going to follow, and it also instructs me when? In the night seasons. And, and my heart is going to guide me in the night seasons of our lives. When things get rough, when things grow dark, when it's that season of the night, you still have the Word of God instructing you. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Wow. Wow. Okay, tune in. Don't tune out right now, guys. Look at verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, and I shall not be moved. Okay, here, you guys ready? This is where change comes. What's that? This is a godly decision to always have the Lord before you. You with me? Always have, you go, ben, ben, what does that mean? What is David saying to have the Lord always? Here's what we do. You ready? We go, hey, I'm a Christian and God is number one in my life. God doesn't want to be number one in your life. He doesn't want to be a part of your life. What David is saying to you and I, and we must take heed. I must take heed as he said, listen, fully devoted followers of Jesus is not having God in their lives. He is their life. He is their life. He is their everything. Nothing they do. Come on, someone. Nothing they do is apart from him. Brother Joe, you got to go to Walmart tomorrow? You go with the the Lord. Nothing you do. Okay, I'm going to go to Walmart. How many of us pray before we go to the store? I don't. But I, I just go. I got to go. I got to go. I got to store. I got to go. Start. The Lord is directing us, guys, and maybe he goes, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. You need to pray. I'm going to tell you what store to go. To. But Lord, I'm going to. No, 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 no. Here's why. And, you, and God wants to use you, Melanie. He wants to use you in this incredible way. And you're like, I don't shop here. I never shop here, but I was sensitive. felt like the Lord wanted me to go here, and now I'm witnessing to this prayer. It's just, why? Guys, because the most important thing is that people get saved. I don't want anybody left behind. And here's how God chose. He chose you, Melanie. Melanie, come on down. You're the next, right? He chose us. I can't believe it. He chose, he chose the most. God uses the foolish things in the world to confound the wise. He chose us. I, I always want to have God before. Why? Because because when when He's there, man, I I'm not going to be moved. The result is I'm not moved. I'm not moved. I'm not moved. Reminds me of Romans 12. You guys know this, verses 1 and 2, right? Not being moved. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to do what? To present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Guys, that's what he says. Here we are, God. Here we are. I'm all yours. You're not just a part of me. I have heard so many times church listen I've heard so many times that people go no 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 I differentiate I differentiate my work life with my Christian life I don't I don't mix them Hogwash This you are who you are and when you represent and reflect the Lord it's going to come out in everything you do It's going to come out in everything you do This is who I am This is who I am David says what? David says, listen, I'm, I, I've always set the Lord, I have set the Lord always before me. Therefore, verse 9, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh will also rest in hope. Here's why. Guys, when David made a godly decision to put the Lord always before him, therefore God gives to him what? A glad heart. He gives to him rest in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord, and my flesh will rest in hope. Shouldn't that be our decision? And then he goes on and he says in verse 10, For you shall not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see Corruption. David shows us trust. He says, you will not, you will not l- live, let my soul in the grave. That's another word. Sheol is another word. But this is also a strong, what? It's a strong reference to the resurrection of Jesus. Why? Because nor will you allow your, notice Holy One, One is capitalized, so He's speaking of Jesus. Because the resurrection is key for us, because the fact that Jesus is resurrected, we're gonna be resurrected. This is going to be good. And he says, listen, you're not going to leave me in the grave. You're not going to leave me in the grave. Because Jesus rose from the grave. I'm ready. I'm ready. And although we lost loved ones this past year, the, the beauty is we're going to see him again. That's the Christian hope. That's it. We're going to see him again. We're going to see him. Verse 11, verse 11, he says this, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. As we close, as we close, guys, Um, one question comes to mind. I don't know if you saw it here, but a lot of people often ask, how do I know that I'm saved? How do I know that I'm saved? Okay, well, the one thing you need to realize is that there is a time when you have been born again. Okay, you remember that time. You may have prayed a prayer. You may have walked an altar. It may have been alone with you, but you know that you've been born again. But what God is also doing is he's saving you from yourself and your sinful life every single day. Your salvation is a process. You're going to go to heaven, you're born again, but the process is like, okay, it's a process of salvation. Everybody got me. We call it we call it progressive sanctification. Yes, we're we're growing in that. Okay, you with me? But how do we know we're saved? Well, it's really simple. Notice what the word of God says. We'll go over one more time. Look at verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me. Right? What does salvation entail? Guys, when you give your life to God, he then becomes your all in all. Verse 8. He becomes your all in all. Okay? Then he says, listen, because he is my right hand, I shall not be moved. So what does that mean? First of all, I said him, I, I know I'm saved because guess what? He, he, he's before me and all. But second of all, that I'm steadfast in the Lord. I'm not going to be moved. Now, here's what we need remind you of real quick. Okay? You never want to talk someone into getting saved. Why? Because if you can talk them into getting saved, somebody can talk them out of being saved. You guys with me? But when you're saved, you're steadfast. You believe this thing? I do. It's crazy. I know. You believe that Jesus was God? I do. Have you seen him? Not in the flesh, but I believe it. Do you guys believe it? Do you believe Jesus came from a virgin? Do you believe I mean, do you believe the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary? Do you believe that? <laughs> you guys are crazy. But we believe it, don't we? And we're steadfast. We're steadfast. Do you believe? Do you believe that the Lord is coming back again? Do you believe like one day we're gonna get up and right, get our coffee, have a yawn, and be like Oh and you're gonna hear a trumpet and then we're gonna be gone? Do you believe that? You do, don't you? You know what the world thinks? You're crazy! We're steadfast. We're steadfast. Do you believe that we might endure some tribulation on this earth as believers? Do you believe that? We're steadfast though. We're steadfast. Pastor Ben, if you really believe that there was going to be tribulation and there was going to be heartache and that you could go to jail for preaching the gospel, why don't you quit? Because I'm steadfast in the word. I believe it with all of my heart. I I believe it. (laughs) You believe it. You wouldn't be here if you didn't believe it. Well, how do I know I'm saved? Well, the third thing is he tells us that I'm going to have a glad heart. I'm going to have a glad heart. And I'm going to have joy. And joy isn't being happy all the time. Can you imagine if we were happy all the time? That would get annoying. bouncing around, hey, everyone, I'm just. He says joy, even in the midst of struggles and tribulations and, and sickness and COVID and death and cancer, there's a joy. What's the joy? The joy is that God is still on the throne. And he lives in my heart. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. It's just joy. But my heart is glad. My heart is glad. You know how you know you're saved? Because everything and it <laughs> seems like everything in the world wants to keep you from church on Wednesday night, keep you from church on Sunday morning to rob you of the very thing that you find joy. Coming in and fellowship and being with believers and encouragement. Oh, 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 no, my, my heart is steadfast. It's steadfast. But last but not least, guys, he tells us that we have a hope. Where's our hope? You want to know where hope is? In the empty grave of Jesus Christ. The fact that he died and was buried and has resurrected. Now, I have been to Israel three times. I have seen it all three times. In all three times, he hasn't been there. It's an empty tomb that's my hope. My hope. The resurrection of Jesus brings hope. One day soon, we're going to be resurrected. And the beauty is that we don't have to die to be resurrected. We can just wait for that trumpet and we're going to go home. That's what David says. David says, this is what I'm talking about. Put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. Not only for eternal life in heaven, but for everyday life. Put your trust in where you're going to get your next meal. Put your trust in what you're going to do tomorrow. Put your trust in that. Amen. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your great love for us. We worship you, God. We thank you for Psalm 16, the hope of the faithful. We thank you for the Messiah's victory. We know one day, God, that we're going to be with you. We know one day all this is going to be over. This little small church in, on Boston Avenue in Lubbock, Texas is, is going to be a distant memory. But what we are going to be remembered, God, is that we're family and that we grew together and that we loved each other and that we fellowshiped with each other and that we prayed with each other. Lord, that's what we want to remember. And so, God, tonight, as we just spend our time, our last few minutes in worship, that, Lord, you would fill our hearts with joy. If you're here tonight and you've never given your life to God, you've never surrendered to him. You've never said yes to him. And as a matter of fact, you, you were thinking, Pastor, you're saying some stuff, and i it made me realize one thing. It made me realize that I don't have a relationship with God. I don't know if I'm really saved, and I don't know if I died tonight, I would go to heaven. Well, let me say this to you. You may feel like you're a million miles away from God, but you're one decision from coming to him tonight. And all you have to do is put your faith and trust in him. All you have to do is say yes, and he will come into your heart. He will give you that joy, that peace, All of the things that you're longing for, He's going to come and give you. What do I have to do, Ben? Just open up your heart and say, "Jesus, I'm tired of running. I believe in You. I'm going to follow You. I believe You died on the cross for me, and I'm going to I give You my life. I don't know what else to give, but here's my heart. Take it and do what You want to do with it. I'm going to follow You. I'm going to serve You. I'm going to turn from my sins, and I'm going to serve You." That's what I'm going to do. All the days of my life belong to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's worship. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.